Hey, Financially Savvy Travelers, and welcome back to another episode of the Thought Card Podcast. I hope you guys are ready to travel because for the next couple of episodes, I would say at least until the end of the year, we are going to be traveling. I'm going to be taking you on the road and we're going to be going to tons of incredible travel destinations. But as promised, I recently went to Paris and I wanted to share with you some of my observations, my tips, and all the things Paris related. Now, for as long as I could remember, Paris was at the tippy top of my travel wish list up until 2014 when I planned my first solo vacation to the City of Lights, Paris. Now, in episode 69, I share my entire story of how I became this financially savvy traveler and how going to Paris, that first trip I ever took as an adult solo, was really instrumental to pushing me to become this financially savvy traveler. And yeah, listen to episode 69 for the full entire scoop. But since then, I've had the pleasure of visiting Paris two more times, actually, most recently with my mom and my son, Baby K. And I will say that experiencing Paris through their eyes prompted me to record this podcast episode. And over on the blog, there is an accompanying blog post with the full entire write-up so you could read along. So whether you are drawn to the iconic landmarks like the Eiffel Tower or the Louvre, or you just appreciate Paris's timeless fashion style. Parisians have this just amazing, elegant sense of fashion, whether that's the culinary delights and the food and just overall their relaxed way of life. I have plenty of tips for you in this episode for visiting Paris for the first time that will not only let you know what to expect, but I also feel like knowing what to expect will help pave the way for a truly unforgettable experience and unforgettable vacation. So I want to share with you that this episode is made in partnership with MedJet. I'm really happy to have them on board as a sponsor. While travel medical insurance reimburses you for the costs associated with medical emergencies while traveling, most MedEvac benefits will only get you to the nearest acceptable hospital capable of stabilizing and treating you. But to get moved home though, you need an air medical transport membership like MedJet. You can also add 24-7 travel security and crisis response benefits. Whether you are hospitalized while traveling or feel threatened, you can call MedJet. There are never any claims, any out-of-pocket expenses outside of your membership, or surprise bills afterward. I have an entire write-up about MedJet where you can learn why standard travel and medical insurance sometimes just isn't enough and scenarios where having a MedJet membership would be beneficial. Join thousands of celebrities, athletes, and executives, as well as experienced travelers like myself who choose MedJet for the peace of mind. The link to learn more will also be in the show notes. And with that, I'm Danielle Dazir Corbett. Let's go ahead and jump right into this first timer's guide to Paris. Welcome to the Thought Card. 
a podcast about travel and money, where planning, saving, and creativity leads to affording travel, building wealth, and paying off debt. We are the Financially Savvy Travelers. If you're on TikTok or even Instagram, I feel like I saw this on Instagram, there is this video, this reel that's out there of this person talking about Paris and how Paris was not what they expected. Now, I will say that some people love Paris while others dislike it and they vow never to return ever again. And I strongly believe that everyone should visit Paris at least once if given the opportunity and go off and form your own opinion. I am definitely in the love Paris camp, which is why I've been to Paris now three times. And why I wanted to create this podcast episode in particular is because, number one, traveling with a baby is an entirely whole new world. There are just so many things I'm looking for to make sure that baby K is safe and that we're comfortable. And with that, I just see destinations in a new way as a parent. But also traveling with my mom also just allowed me to see Paris in a new light, again, with this first-time perspective. And I have, again, tons of just insights and just general observations of what I saw in Paris, including like the differences between the U.S. and Paris, U.S. and France cultural norms, such as like when you're crossing the street, you got to be mindful of bike lanes, the cultural norms between U.S. and France, and just generally like navigating the city with a baby. So again, let's just start from the beginning. I will say that I have observed smoking is quite common in Paris. Unlike the U.S., though, smoking cigarettes is alive and well in Paris. So smoking indoors is prohibited and strictly reinforced. But smoking is quite normal when you're sitting outside on a patio or a bistro sidewalk. Again, from my observations, this is especially important to keep in mind if you want to sit outside with your baby. There may be just like cigarette smoke just whiffing on by. It's quite normal. It's common to see people enjoying a cigarette while people watching at an outdoor cafe, for example. And typically smoking is seen as this social activity and a way to kind of take a step back and take a break throughout the day. So First thing is smoking is very common in Paris. I will also say that I did see an emphasis on face-to-face interactions. So people are less on their phones. They may have their headphones on as they're walking by, but overall, Paris just gives me the vibe that there's less screen consumption overall. That means more personal connections, catching up with friends, or just enjoying being present in the moment. In the U.S., though, we know we are just all consumed on our phones and social media, and you can just literally feel the difference just walking by and just observing what people are doing. Paris is a walkable city. While there are plenty of affordable public transit options like the metro and the bus system, You can walk a lot. There's a lot of walking to be done in Paris. 
on foot, it's easy to spend an hour or more getting from one side of the city to another. So I recommend to pack comfortable walking shoes because walking is quite normal and you're going to get really, really far. One of my favorite things about Paris is that a lot of tourist attractions are really close to each other. So you can go from the Arc de Triomphe to the Eiffel Tower to Champs-Élysées. All of these places, Chaumont, is all very, very close together. So I really do love that. Super walkable. Bring your walking shoes. Bring your flats. Put them in your bag. You just need to be able to walk around. I will also say that I've discovered that in Paris, it's just easier to use cash. Now, we know in previous episodes, I've always talked about use plastic, points and miles, free travel. (laughs) That's me pretending to be me. But yes, I will say, though, in Paris, I just found it just super easy to just go to the ATM, pull out a lot of cash and just use cash everywhere. Because not all places accept credit cards and sometimes there's just minimum spend requirements when using plastic. So having euros on you is just a really convenient way if you want to grab a cup of coffee, a quick bite like a croissant. For tipping also, it's just really easy. So overall, I just really enjoyed bringing cash and just paying with cash. By the way, tipping is not obligatory in Paris. You can feel free to round up and leave your spare change if you want to for good service or just share one or two euros for tipping. But the tipping culture between the U.S. and France are completely different and not obligatory in Paris. Now, let's talk about the metro, because as a mama traveling with my baby, I will say that I avoided the metro at all costs. And here's why. There are just a lot of stairs and escalators in these metros, especially the main metro stations. So with that being said, it's just a lot of effort to navigate with your baby. I'm talking like it was so much effort. Like my mom really wanted to have the experience of riding the metro But then after we did that one trip, that one way, she was like, yep, we'll just walk for an hour and a half. (laughs) I just don't know. Like, I feel like if I was living in Paris or if I was staying in Paris for longer, of course, like I'm sure I would have navigated and figured it out and been a perfect whiz at using my stroller. But for a seven day trip, I just literally could not do it more than once. It was just high paced and hectic and a lot of stairs and holding baby K and carrying him down and up and down. Oh my gosh, I'm just getting a headache thinking about it. Now for the stroller that I recommend, it's a compact, lightweight travel stroller. I will have the link in the show notes, but I love this stroller because you can simply just push a button and the stroller collapses with a little bit of effort, which makes it super easy to fold up and walk in and out of the train and just in and out of any place that you're in, to be honest. So again, personally, taking the Metro was just a lot of work for us and I personally much prefer to walk long distances. And when we were tired, we just opted for taking a Uber ride. Now for our week-long trip to Paris, we probably took the Uber 
ride maybe once or twice outside of our trip back to the airport. So I'm pretty happy with that. We walked a lot. Again, I got a lot of steps in every single day. And I just, again, felt like walking was not only a great way to see the city and explore and kind of duck into the side streets, but also I just did not want to go on the metro. If you do decide to use the metro or even walking, Google Maps is a great resource for you to help you navigate. And I have an entire blog post dedicated to all things vacation planning apps. I'll link that, of course, in the show notes for you. Again, let's talk about just traveling with the baby and navigating with the stroller. I will also say that sidewalks can be very difficult to navigate with a stroller. So you got to be prepared for these uneven sidewalks and surfaces. Sometimes our stroller would get caught up in the ramp, making it a super jarring experience when we're crossing the street. And honestly, we never really knew when this would happen. And having to adjust our stroller last minute in a hurry, it's a little anxiety producing. I can remember countless times when I'm walking in Paris and I'm telling my mom, mom, I just wish these sidewalk ramps were as smooth and uniform as they are in the U.S. I just feel like the U.S. has that down pat. Like you don't have to worry about anything. You take your stroller up and down a ramp and the sidewalk and you're fine. In Paris, mm, not so much. There's cobblestone streets, small narrow streets. It's just all uneven. So just be mindful of that as you're, again, walking around and exploring Paris. Just be mindful. Now, again, let's talk about simply crossing the street on popular streets, the very large, big streets. Right when you leave the sidewalk, there are bike lanes, which may be quite difficult to recognize. And coming from someone who... I know like in New York City, there are some bike lanes in some places, but I don't see it a lot, right? So when you're like, for example, in New York City, you don't have to always like be on your A-game when you're crossing the street because bike culture is there, but it's just different. The layout is different. However, in Paris though, the bike lanes are literally, as soon as you leave, like it's right adjacent to the sidewalk. So you have to look both ways before crossing and be mindful of oncoming cyclists. So just be mindful, be careful, look both ways. So many times I will tell you that I had to like say, mom, you know, watch out because she wasn't looking. She was just kind of looking one way and not the other. So just be mindful overall, crossing the streets in Paris, look both ways for oncoming cyclist. Okay, I think that's all the navigation piece I have to share with you (laughs) today. Now let's move on to the groceries and the pharmacies stores. I will say that these are super convenient and I quite literally felt like there was a grocery store and a pharmacy on almost every block. There was also a boulanger, which is a bakery and chocolate shops, especially like I was hanging out a lot in the 9th Audissement, the 9th district. And I will say that I literally could just go on a block and find a grocery store or a boulanger or a chocolate shop or a pharmacy. So I really, really love that. And overall, these neighborhood grocery stores, they can be really small and they could be large as well. But even if they're small, you can find fresh produce and dairy products and meat and bread and wine. 
And there are a number of popular grocery stores. And the ones I went to quite often had an extensive wine selection. So I would just go in and there be like, okay, I like Rieslings or I like Chardonnays. What do you recommend? And there was someone who was stalking that area who would recommend me something. And all the recommendations were quite literally amazing. I will also say that the pharmacies are usually marked with this green plus neon sign. I mean, you will see it. And at these pharmacies, you can get your medication prescriptions, your over-counter medications, your skincare products, all the stuff. So again, it's just nice to know if I need to grab something, I can go to the grocery store. If there is something I need at the pharmacy, it's super convenient. Again, traveling with a baby like I mentioned, there's just things that you have to be aware of when you're planning, but also sometimes you may forget something important, your supplies at home. And what I loved is that I can easily go to these grocery stores and stock up on my essentials for baby K, including like distilled water, baby wipes, and baby food. So I would say for the parents who are going to Paris, if you forget something, it may not be like, super like emergency because you can easily probably go to the grocery store or the pharmacy or a store and pick out something to replace what you're missing. My previous trip to Paris, I was able to take advantage of this tip, but I'm in my 30s now, so not quite relevant. So if you are a person that's under 25, you can take advantage of discounted tickets to museums, cultural attractions, public transit, and so much more. I recommend to carry your ID with you that proves your age, such as your passport or your license. And if you are a student, don't forget to bring your student ID so that you are legible for additional student discounts as well. And you don't even have to be a student in France to take advantage of this. So again, if you're under 25, have your ID, have your student ID because there are some discounts to be had. I mentioned Uber very briefly, so let me kind of share with you what my experience has been in Paris. So I will say that Uber is convenient and it is a reliable mode of transit in Paris. You can use your Uber app that you already have installed in your phone and you don't have to worry about translation because it's all translated in English or whatever your primary language is. It's all there for you. And your payment method is already stored. So all you have to do literally is put your address in there and call up a ride and go ahead and go in. From my experience, though, and I've been trying to do a little bit of research to see if this is like rule of thumb or just is just me. And I haven't quite figured it out. But unfortunately, at the airport, we couldn't just order an Uber ride. We had to either take a shuttle bus or use these flat rate taxis to go from the CDG airport to the main city center area. And these flat rate taxis, there was a stand in the airport and you would pay somewhere between 60 euros was what it cost for us to go to the ninth arrondissement. So I would just say if you have a budget and you want to get there quick and easy, Look for the official taxi stand, ask around if you can't find it. And you definitely want to avoid these unsolicited offers that will say, we'll take you, we'll drive you to the city center. Just avoid those. Like you want to go and use legit services. 
for us, I wasn't about to drop 60 euros. I'm like, I just get to Paris. I just got to Paris. I ain't got nothing to do, nowhere to be. I am not dropping 60 euros. So me baby came my mom. We lug all our luggage to the shuttle bus. <laughs> and it did take a long time. I'll have to go to my notes to like see how long it took. But I would say literally, I think it took like an hour and a half to get from like the airport to the Paris Opera station where that was like our main hub. And then from the Paris Opera station, we took an Uber to our hotel because we were kind of a few minutes away from that. So was that the smartest thing to do? I don't know. But I also feel like I wasn't in a rush either. So spending a few euros versus 60, I would probably do it again. Now, if I was in a rush, I was only in Paris for like three days and I'm like every single second counts, I probably drop it. But like I said, I didn't do too much research on the mode of transport from the airport. So I'm just sharing with you my insights and what I experience, but paying less, I got what I paid for. I had to spend a lot more time on the shuttle bus. I took a nap. I woke up. I took a nap again. (laughs) It was quite a journey. Now let's talk about visiting the Eiffel Tower. And if you go to my blog post associated with this episode, you'll see the beautiful photos that I took on my iPhone because I decided not to bring my DSLR camera and I think looking back at all my photos, I will say I'm pretty happy with my decision because I felt like I was more in the moment. I was experiencing Paris with my family and the photos I think came out really good either way. Now that's neither here nor there. The topic of discussion is visiting the Eiffel Tower. So we visited Paris in June and beginning of summer, the demand was quite high and me being the unprepared traveler that I am, I was like, mom, do you want to go to the Eiffel Tower tomorrow? So I go on the website to order my tickets. And then, of course, to no surprise, there are two options, the stairs or the elevator tickets. And the elevator tickets were all sold out until August. So two months out, they were completely sold out, which I'm not surprised because I really should be planning these things ahead of time but I wasn't. So not surprised there. So my biggest tip for you for the Eiffel Tower is once you know you're going to Paris and you want to go to the Eiffel Tower, book your tickets ASAP, especially if you want the elevator tickets. And here's why the elevator tickets were going to be so crucial for us, because if you're visiting the Eiffel Tower with a baby, you have nowhere to store your stroller and nowhere to store your diaper bag, which means you got to carry all of that stuff, including your precious baby, up to the top of the Eiffel Tower to that second floor. So it was like 300 plus steps. And I was like, yo, this is a workout. This is a workout. I got the backpack on my back. I got the stroller. And I'm pretty proud of myself. Like I would say I'm pretty in shape postpartum. But I can only imagine if I was traveling solo, having to hold baby K in my hand with the diaper bag and the stroller. So traveling with your grandparents, with the grandparents is just a hack in itself. Literally, quite literally. I love the grandparents for that. Always being down to come on vacation with me. But 
it was kind of disappointing that there was no space to store our stuff. And as a result, we did a lot of walking and a lot of holding the stroller up those 300 steps, okay? Now, here's the great part, though. When you get to the second floor, there is this beautiful lounge area with a tropical theme where you can rest, you could have a slice of pizza, order coffee, enjoy a cocktail, enjoy a wine. It's a really nice, very cute, bohemian vibe that I got at that lounge. So enjoy a beautiful view and see all of Paris, see so much of Paris there. And then you could just kind of relax. And we sure made use of that time relaxing and enjoying our drinks. So that's what I have to say about the Eiffel Tower. I definitely still recommend it. But like I said, this whole episode is about expectations. So you're aware of what can happen and what will happen. So just know, just know. All right. Now, this is common in other European cities I've been to, but I will say that you may have to pay to use the bathroom. And this is one of the differences between U.S. cities and France and Paris in particular. So there are places where you indeed have to pay to use a bathroom like the Notre Dame Cathedral. I paid two euros and 50 cents for that bathroom use and you had the option of paying via credit card or cash. I will say that that bathroom was upscale. It was immaculate and very neat. And you had attendants on hand at a ready to clean and to be of assistance to you. So yeah, it's kind of an inconvenience to drop to 50, two euros and 50 cents. But the experience I felt was quite pleasant. So just be aware, again, having cash on you is quite important in Paris and it just makes life so much more easy and convenient, even though they did accept credit card. Now, we again were staying in the 9th arrondissement, and in this area, the neighborhood, I noticed that on Wednesdays that the shops were closed. A lot of shops were closed. So if you are staying in a residential neighborhood, just be mindful and notice that you there may be days that the smaller shops and establishments are closed. I noticed Wednesdays, but that may be different for wherever you are staying at. The larger stores, the supermarkets, the shopping malls, all those touristy areas, they all had regular hours throughout the week, including Wednesdays. But I just noticed that like where I was, Everyone kind of like, they were like, peace out. I'm going to go enjoy my Wednesday. I always say rule of thumb is that when you are having a thought and you're planning out your trip and you want to do something, it's always just a good practice to just double check their operating hours online. And when you Google it, don't just look at what Google tells you, like actually go on their website and look at their operating hours. But for these smaller establishments, it wasn't really an inconvenience. It was like, oh, Wednesday's kind of quiet. I'll just go out tomorrow and continue my shopping experiences there. So it's just different, a different way of life. But I also can appreciate that. Like, what would it look like for you if your job was like, okay, Tuesdays, don't come in. It's an extra day for you to be able to have for yourself. Quite nice, right? So I couldn't hate too much. Could not hate too much. Now, in Paris... 
the wait staff will not rush you. What do I mean by this? Waiters will come right away to take your order. However, they will not rush you afterward. So food service or just service when you sit down at a cafe or a bistro, it's really fast. But after they take your order and they serve you, they'll really let you be. So you can expect to be at a cafe or a restaurant for a while. And this is really refreshing for me as a former New Yorker and living in the States. We know when you go to a restaurant, it's like in and out. Like you are not spending money, you are out of here. But there's just a slower pace of life in Paris. And I do love that a lot, that you can just sit down and relax. And if you need help, just raise your hand or say, excuse me, and they'll come on over, but they're not hovering over you and they're not checking up on you. Do you need help? Can I help you? Like, what do you need? Can I get the check? Like, it's just like, just let me chill and be. If I had an issue, I'd come to you, right? So I did like that. So again, wait staff won't rush you. Also, a lot of bistros and restaurants, the handwritten menus in cursive are popular, but they're also difficult to read. So these menus are typically on a chalkboard, small chalkboards, right outside of the door or the little area, and they're in cursive script. And I'm like, huh? I'm trying to understand French number one. And then this cursive is just throwing me off. So it could be a little bit difficult to read. But again, just letting you know, so you're aware of the differences. Late dining. Let's talk about the late dining in Paris. It is quite common to grab dinner between 7.30 p.m. and 9 p.m. in Paris. So restaurants, cafes, and bars are popping later in the evening and well into the night. Where I stayed, although it was a neighborhood, like a non-touristy neighborhood, there were quite a few restaurants. There was, I think, a restaurant even right below us. And I would hear the utensils clattering and people laughing and talking like late, like midnight. People are eating late in Paris. So just want to let you know about that. I typically eat around, sometimes like I could eat as early as like five or six and sometimes as late as like seven, maybe eight, but not typically after nine. But you know, when in Paris, you do as Parisians. So we did typically eat a little bit later. We had glass of wine, kind of sat and chatted until well into 1030. And that's quite, quite normal. I loved the Parisian summer fashion. Generally, Parisians, they wear loose-fitted clothing in the summertime. I did not see short shorts, like short booty shorts. I did not see none of that. I also did not see a lot of skin-tight clothing or a lot of cleavage like I typically do see in the States. Babies were covered up to protect from the sun. So I will say if you are planning to bring your baby with you in the summertime, of course, bring your sunscreen, but also bring lightweight long sleeve shirts and pants so that it protects them and they could avoid just having that sun exposure. So that was quite different for me because I only literally brought like one pair of long pants for baby K and one long shirt. But it was interesting to see that a lot of kids, a lot of small babies like toddlers and below were fully covered. And I could see why, because they maybe don't want to be putting on sunscreen, all the chemicals. I don't know. But I just noticed 
that thread. And then on the fashion side, I bought some really inexpensive clothing in Paris. There was like a, I would say, kind of like an open air market on our route to Versailles. We're walking and we saw this open air market and they were selling lots of like different clothes. And like I mentioned, the clothes were flowy. The dresses were flowy. The pants were flowy. So I definitely did a little shopping and I have my Parisian looks, which I'm really, really happy about. Learning a little French definitely goes a long way. So you may be thinking like, do I really need to learn basic French for my vacation? And while a lot of people do speak English in Paris, or they may want to practice speaking their English with you, I will say to make an effort to learn some basic French phrases because it'll go a long way. Even if your pronunciation isn't perfect, like in this episode, I already said a couple of French words. Were they perfect French speaking? Mm, I don't know. And this is coming from someone who speaks Haitian Creole, which is derived of French. And my pronunciation may not be perfect. And that's okay. No one is asking you to be an expert. But I will say that most locals probably appreciate the effort that you put into it. Don't assume that everyone speaks English off the back. So always start with French and see how far you get. And then they'll probably help you. So some really common and popular phrases like please, s'il vous plaît, oui is yes, non is no, merci, thank you, excuse-moi, excuse me, how much does it cost, combien ça coûte? I probably messed that up. So (laughs) I don't know. I don't think I got that right. But bonjour, bonjour, I will say is very common. Bonjour is hello, but it also can mean good morning. And bonjour, when entering any restaurant or establishment, it's just a polite thing to do and a respectful thing to do. So when you're walking anywhere, bonjour. And I would typically say bonjour up until the late evening, and then you could switch to bonne nuit. Okay, so on the blog post and the blog post, I have a bunch of other phrases that I think will get you really far, like water, menu, restrooms, I'm lost. So just check out that list and just have those on hand with you as you're exploring Paris. Because again, you start off with French and they realize, oh, she's an American. She needs help. And then they'll help you very easily. All right. I have a few more other observations and tidbits Wine is quite affordable in Paris. You can find reasonably priced wines in Paris all over, especially if you purchase them, these bottles at the supermarket or at the local wine shops. I did notice this one cost-saving hack. So when we were at restaurants or cafes, when we ordered a pitcher of wine, which was approximately, I would say, four glasses in that picture, it was cheaper than buying a glass individually. So with a pitcher, my mom would have two drinks, I would have two, and it was all cheaper than a single glass. So whenever possible, ask the waiter, well, double check that the prices make sense, but ask the waiter if it is more affordable to send you a pitcher. There was some mis pronunciations or misinterpretations of what a pitcher was. So I would just ask the waiter, what is a pitcher? 
so that they can tell you what the correct phrase is to use. Because sometimes we said pitcher and they would bring us like this big, 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 big glass of wine. And that's not what we were looking for. We were looking for actually like a jug and that jug would have four and it would have the cost savings. So again, things to be mindful of when you're looking at the menu, see if there's anywhere to save money. And that's something that we noticed over and over and over again, especially where we were based out of. <laughs> now, this is quite funny. I'm, I'm laughing because it's a little funny. Ask for ketchup and see their reaction of the staff. So Parisians generally think that asking for ketchup is weird. And yeah, it's just like something that they don't typically do. And it's likely because it overpowers the flavors of the dish. Ketchup is quite overpowering. Even when you put like mayonnaise on it, like you dilute it a little bit, like it's still ketchup, right? But here in the States, I'll say that we love our ketchup. Like our ketchups, our sauces, our condiments, we are all in and for it, especially on fish and chips, burgers and french fries. Oh my gosh. So I ordered a fish and chips and I was like, hi, can I have, s'il vous plaît, can I have ketchup? And then the waiter was like, oh my gosh. Oh, you know, we laughed about it. It was super funny, but, and they were like, yeah, we could tell she's an American, right? She's definitely an American. And you know, it's true. We love our ketchup. We love our sauces. Like, and also being Haitian American, like Haitian people, we love our sauces. Like you give us rice doused in sauce. Like everything is liquid on top of your food. So all sauces all day. So yeah, ask for ketchup, see their reaction, have a nice little giggle and let me know how it goes. All right. So the last tip I have for y'all today is I think the most important one, right? Because... Sometimes when we're going to places that are on our bucket list for a really long time, their dreams, our dream destinations, we feel like we have to see it all. That you have to pack your itinerary from morning until midnight. And the truth of the matter is that you will not see everything on your first trip to Paris and likely on your fifth trip to Paris. So don't stress about crossing so many things off of your list or missing out on what's quintessential. Just relax, pace yourself, space out your activities, and just appreciate the city, whatever it has to offer you, and just take time, right? Sit down at a park bench, watch people for a while, get off your phone, drink wine, Go get a coffee, be a flaneur, and just walk around. It's just so different in Paris compared to when you live in the States. And it's easy for us as Americans to kind of be like, YOLO, we only live once and we got to do all the things. But remember that there will always be a next time. I have this abundance mindset for travel where I always feel like I will find a way to come back. And I have. I've been to Paris three times now. And I've always am finding something new to discover in Paris. And there's something that brings me back. I typically recommend folks to spend five plus days, ideally seven plus days to really be able to space it out. And that's how much days we spent. So seven days we spent. 
But just again, my general thought here is that you won't see it all and that's okay. And know that there will be a next time. All right. That's my big takeaway from you out of everything, because I think that you could really feel burnt out and just kind of sometimes ruin the experience by just having a jam-packed schedule of go, 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 go. All right. I'm off my soapbox now. (laughs) All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode and it offered some new perspectives for you. Maybe you've been to Paris before and you're like, yep, that's true or that's different from what I've experienced before in the past. Whatever the case may be, I love to hear from you. What would you add to this list of first timers? Like what should they know? And what would you recommend to folks as they're planning their first trips to Paris? Let me know by either emailing me thethoughtcard at gmail.com or you can also find me on social. I'm on Instagram at the Danielle Desir. I'm on Twitter at the Thought Card. You guys know all the places I be at. So find me there. Let me know. I hey say I listened to your episode on Paris and I'd add this to the conversation. And I'll continuously to keep this post updated, the blog post updated with new information as we all chip in and share our insights. As I mentioned at the top of this episode, this fall, we have an incredible lineup of travel episodes. We are going to be going on the road, y'all. And I am so excited to take you with me to some of the incredible destinations that I've been partnering with and exploring and doing deep dives on as a little bit of a precursor or just kind of let you know a little bit of take a sneak peek. We're going to go to Tennessee in our next episode and I'm going to leave it at that. So we're going to Tennessee. So it's going to be lots of fun. So be sure if you have not already to hit the follow button because that's the way that you're going to know when new episodes come out every other Thursday. And I'd love to be able to stay connected with you. That's all for this episode. Au revoir.